0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stripe Hype Podcast. I am your host and editor, Travis Stefan, and my co-host, Jack Lane, will be joining me here in just a few minutes. But first off, I wanted to talk to you guys. We're going to be talking a little bit about defense and OTAs. And uh, make sure that you guys are going to the site and checking out all you can to find out what's going on in those OTAs, the limited stuff that they're allowing the press to get out there. And make sure that you guys are finding us on Twitter, on Facebook, at Stripe Hype. Make sure you guys get in your questions for Thursday mailbags. Make sure you guys are finding our writers. You can find me at NFL on Twitter. Or if you're not a big Twitter fan or you want to get a hold of me another way, I have an email address that you can get a hold of me there at StephanNFL at gmail.com. Thanks, guys, and make sure to hit that subscribe button. So the Bengals have started their OTAs, and a lot of what I'm hearing about, you hear about a little bit of it every day. And we talked last episode about how John Ross has really been improving, been impressing the coaches, his players, and working out with all sorts of different receivers, whether it be former Bengals receivers, receivers from around the league, but even the coaches have come out in OTAs and talked about, you know, what they're seeing from him and expressing how impressed they are with going from 2017 to 2018. And we've talked about, you know, what we expect for him in 2018. And there's a couple other guys that have been really in the news for the OTAs. You know, we, we don't get a whole lot. We don't get to go in and see these players. Um, you know, they're, they're still in what's supposed to be non-contact, but we all know that, you know, when guys are competing for jobs or even to make the team, they're going to be aggressive at the catch point, stuff like that. But I think the the biggest part of the news is coming from the offensive line, Um, you know you're hearing a lot from coaches players on Frank Pollock and how he's doing things how he's he's got a lot more energy uh, he's aggressive he uh, you know he's given a clean slate to the whole offensive line but he's in there making them take responsibility and just a different atmosphere than it was with Paul Alexander and I think that that's a good sign for the offensive line you know Tyler Eifert talked about it because his brother-in-law, Zach Martin, played for him in Dallas, and he kind of said the same thing, that it was a lot more aggressive and the, you know, kind of gritty guy that really gets down into it, and I think that's something the Bengals really need. Um, The other person I've heard a lot about is Darius Phillips, uh, fifth-round cornerback out of Western Michigan. My favorite day three pick by the Bengals and he has, I think, one of the two interceptions on Andy Dalton so far, if if not the lone interception. Um, I know that there was some about Dre Kirkpatrick coming out and, you know, jumping a couple routes as well. So for all of the people that hate Dre Kirkpatrick after one year, that's a good sign. But there's not too much you can really take away. You know, we got Quentin Flowers switching to running back. You know, that's... It's basically what you're going to hear is, you know, this player's doing well. If someone's doing really terrible, you'll hear about it. But you don't really get that kind of in between. And until training camp, we won't. Um, but I think that Darius Phillips, for me, you know, especially being my, I guess you could call it like a draft crush. You know, your, your favorite pick, even if it is a day three pick. I think he can be a solid cornerback at some point. And if he's already starting to impress, starting to jump Andy Dalton's routes, I'm wondering if we could see him, you know, if barring injury late in the season, are we going to see him as that third cornerback? Do you think that he can make that, you know, fourth spot?
1: So kind of just looking through all that news, we've talked about John Ross, um, ad nauseum already we've talked about the offensive line a lot and it's really good to hear positive things coming out about both of them from otas already just to get the snowball rolling but um like i said we've talked about them a lot already to hear good news about darius phillips i think is amazing because i know you're really big on darius phillips i'm pretty high on darius phillips too And the two big skills he brings to this team that I think we're definitely lacking are ball hawking as a cornerback and dynamism as a kick and punt returner. So for him to already be jumping Andy Dalton's routes shows me that he is going to follow through on his potential as somebody who can actually come in off the bench as a rotation corner, maybe step into that third cornerback role and just attack these Uh, third wide receivers on the field. Take advantage of their lack of skill and try to jump some of these routes and force turnovers on um, opposing quarterbacks because that's the one thing this secondary group was lacking last year is we just weren't forcing turnovers. William Jackson was playing good. Um, Drake Patrick, when he was on the field, wasn't playing great, but we know he can be solid. But what we really need to do is start forcing turnovers, getting the offense, the ball as much as possible. So I think Darius Phillips can definitely be a guy who can make that kind of impact when he steps on the field. What do you think about him? Not only as a a cornerback, but also as somebody who can impact the um, team on special teams So,
0: Well, I know that the, especially coming out of rookie camp, it was the talk was that Jesse Bates was showing more Uh, from, you know, the punt returns. But when I look at that, I see, you know, you're returning against a bunch of guys who are not going to make the team. So that right there just kind of blows out the window for me. I think that he can be a really good return specialist. I think that um, especially if him and Jesse Bates are extremely close, I think you have to give it to Phillips because Jesse Bates is going to see a lot more field time. And if you can kind of cancel out any chance of injury – why not um I think Darius Phillips could be you know if if Denard has another really good year playing on his fifth-year option and the Bengals don't want to shell out that kind of money after already spending it on Kirkpatrick even with you know what the money they're gonna have next year if they see enough from Darius Phillips that could be what their plan you know basically getting rid of Denard or letting him walk in free agency and having Phillips step up. But I think I think what I like about Phillips so much is I love watching players change positions. And, you know, his freshman year, he played wide receiver. So he's switching, like, the whole opposite side of the ball. You know, it's not like Quentin Flowers, who's going from quarterback to running back, or you hear about quarterbacks going to tight end. No, he's going to the complete opposite side. And the fact that... Even in his first season, he had tremendous success. You know, picking off the ball, jumping routes. Um, He shows that football IQ and the instincts. So I love Darius Phillips. I think that he is going to be a solid player for the Bengals, you know, sometime in the near future. Um, If I had to pick, like I said, between him and Jesse Bates, you know, of course, if Jesse Bates came out and had just absolute stellar special teams and Darius Phillips struggled a little bit of course I'd go with Bates but if you're gonna have Bates on the field as a third safety quite a bit I think that you would have to swing with Phillips
1: yeah um I could definitely see Bates taking that um kick and punt returning job um as somebody whose favorite pick in this year's draft of the Bengals was Bates uh Jesse Bates is to me what Darius Phillips is to you as far as draft crush um, so I like Jesse Bates's skill as a punt returner, but having seen what Darius Phillips can do, I mean, I would be shocked if it's not him going forward as the kick and punt returner. I think he could definitely be that guy going forward for the Bengals. And just looking at what his role could be for this team this year moving forward, I, d- I mean, given what we already have on the roster at corner and Jackson, Kirkpatrick, and Denard, I don't see him doing much more than just rotating in, but Denard is a free agent this year. Denard has been playing more solidly uh, the last couple of years. It wouldn't be a surprise to see him command a lot on the open market. And if the Bengals don't feel like he's a priority for them, I think they could let him walk and let a guy like Darius Phillips or maybe Devonte Harris shows up as that guy who can be the third corner and they can step in and fill that role. And if Phillips can be that guy, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, I love um, him moving from wide receiver to cornerback because it's a cr- it's a crazy jump to just take one side of the ball and try to move to the other side of the ball while you're in college. But, I mean, Richard Sherman did it. It's not something that's totally impossible to do. And I think that kind of, um, the, the one skill set you take from being a wide receiver to being a cornerback is kind of, Hunting the ball, you got to go up and get it. I think that really translates to his game as a corner, as somebody who knows how to read the quarterback, can kind of tell where he's looking and go up and get the ball. I think that's something that really shows up in his game, and I love it a lot.
0: I think he's coming into the perfect uh, organization to develop. You know, we we know the Bengals love to give, you know, cornerbacks one to two year development and they don't like to play him much their first year so this is perfect you know he gets a chance and he he's learning behind really good cornerbacks you know uh you got draker patrick william jackson darquist and art you got three solid cornerbacks right there so there's no reason to be rushing him out there but i think that you know with a mixture of that and then defensive coordinator terrell austin you know he was the secondary's coach starting out so and he has developed some very I would even say elite cornerbacks you know we we talked about in the article uh why you should trust uh Terrell Austin and one of the things you know everyone wants to point out is the last couple years the Lions defense wasn't that great and when you look at when Terrell Austin took over the Lions and in that 2014 season they were phenomenal, and then they lost every good player in free agency, and Damacon Sue, uh, Levy, uh, pretty much their whole defensive line and star linebacker, and he really had nothing to work with. Now last year, Darius Slay, their cornerback, he's developed into an elite receiver, went to the Pro Bowl, and led the league in interceptions last year, with eight. So. I think that he's coming into a system where not only he can learn from really good veterans, but also a defensive coordinator, a cornerbacks coach that can really develop him. And I think that Devontae Harris, I don't know as much about him because I've leaned a little more towards Phillips, but I think that both of them are coming into a solid situation with the coaching and the players around him.
1: Yeah, looking at Terrell Austin as the guy who's going to take over this Um, defensive coordinator job, I am am enamored with the guy. I wrote something for uh, this site a little bit ago about how I thought Terrell Austin was going to be the guy who was going to take over for Marvin Lewis as head coach. That's how much, that's how highly I think of Austin. and To see him come in as our defensive coordinator, take over for Paul Gunther, who I personally was not a very big fan of, I think there's a lot of talent on this defense that he's gonna be able to work with. And the early reports coming out from OTAs give me even more confidence that this defense is going to be the centerpiece of this team once again, just like it was on some of our better teams from earlier, um, just from a few years ago.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's coming into an even better situation in Cincinnati. I think that there's more talent on this Cincinnati Bengals defense than there was on the Detroit defense back in 2014. Um, but I, I love his approach. Getting the aggressive up front, and basically some more three safety sets, some more leaving your guys out on an island, but getting after the quarterback more and forcing him out of the pocket or forcing him to throw it sooner than he wants to, and that's how you develop a lot more potential for interceptions or even pass deflections because you're not going to have as accurate passes or greatly timed passes if your quarterback's constantly on the move and i think that terrell austin that's exactly what he wants to bring but not only that he also brings a lot better run defense you know when when in the 2014 season i think the lions ranked second in rushing yards allowed so you know and that was with a good defensive line which obviously the Bengals have there's just the one hole that we are uncertain about but i think that with the with the players that they have acquired this season and giving his new scheme i think that they do take a big step forward in in the run defense especially and i think that's what they have to do
1: yeah i think um you're going to have to see the run defense take a big step forward the pass defense with uh, Kirkpatrick Jackson uh, Denard with George Iloka and Sean Williams Manning the secondary that's been solid this whole time it's been the run defense that's really been the issue and I think that Terrell Austin's going to be able to use the massive amount of depth that we have at the at defensive end and at um, defensive tackle to his advantage just keep guys cycling in making sure everybody's ready to play and keeping everybody fresh that's the big thing I'm looking forward to For Austin coming in and kind of utilizing just the great uh, amount of talent that we have, not only at our starters, but also in the backups who can definitely take snaps on and keep everybody fresh.
0: So if you had to look at, on the defensive side of the ball, if you had to look at what is your, the biggest question mark, positional group, would you say on the defense?
1: I think for me, it's definitely looking at the linebacker core because I'm a big fan of, uh, Burfict. Mm-hmm. I think that he is criminally underrated as somebody who's actually a really solid linebacker, but at the same time, it's impossible to rely on him because he's fairly injury prone. And obviously he's been dealing with suspensions his entire career this year being no exception. I like Preston Brown, but um I'm not like I'm not sure he's like a long-term answer and I'm not super enthused about him on this roster either. I think he's kind of a B addition to the team. You look at Nick Vigil, somebody who was a third-round pick just 2 years ago. He's fine, not great. Um you look at Jordan Evans, Vincent Ray, they're fine, not great. You add Malik Jefferson to this group, a third-round pick out of Texas. He's really raw. A lot of upside, but is he going to be able to contribute this year? I just think there are a lot of question marks with this team surrounding um, is Vontaze Perfect actually going to be somebody we can rely on, and then around him, who on this roster is going to step up to be a really impactful starter? Which of these guys is actually going to take over 90% of the snaps and be an effective linebacker because I see four or five guys on this roster who could be solid contributors, but I just don't know. And I think that's the question that we're going to have to answer throughout OTAs, throughout training camp this year.
0: I, I, I think you nailed it with you have a lot of guys that could be solid guys but we just don't know yet and that and you know that is the question mark you know we don't know you know we've seen flashes from Nick Vigil we know that Preston Brown is a tackling machine um you know however you want to rate how important you know how many players tackles he gets whatever but I think that you make a very good point with Avantis Perfect because I'm I'm in the middle of writing up an article or well now as This will be aired out. I will have already put it out. But an article about stopping the run game. And I went back and looked at, you know, Vontaze Perfect being suspended for the first three games last year. And in those first two games against Baltimore and Houston, they both ran for over 150 yards against the Bengals. Now, in the week three game against the Packers, they only ran for 64. Of course, they only ran the ball 13 times. Um, and they just really don't have that much of a run game, or at least they didn't last year. So you look at that big gaping hole, and a lot of that is Vontez perfect not being on the field. And I think Preston Brown will help a little bit with that, but he's not that playmaker, that real hard-hitting linebacker that we need. And so that's something that I'm really concerned about with those first four games. But I think my biggest, outside of linebacker, I think, is defensive tackle next to Geno Atkins. I think that that has been kind of a revolving door. You know, you got Glasgow, Billings, now Baker. We don't really know. It's a it's a big question mark. We don't really know what those guys can be there. And I think if they're going to stop the run game this year, I think it starts with the defensive line and the gaping hole right next to Geno Atkins.
1: Yeah, Um your point on Vontaze Perfect is exactly right. When he's on the field, he's super impactful, but that win on the field is a huge caveat, and we just never really know with him. As for um, the defensive tackle, I'm right there with you. Um, I really thought that we were going to address defensive tackle in the draft as something that was one of our priority needs. Obviously, we drafted Andrew Brown out of Virginia in the fifth round, but third third-day pick you don't even really know if he's going to make an impact on the roster ever. And honestly, looking at Brown, he's somebody you very much in the mold of Geno Atkins as um, disruptive, really good on passing down. It's kind of a three technique, even five technique defensive tackle. But we need somebody who's more like a nose tackle, somebody who's going to help in that run game. And that's the big thing. I don't know. You look at Andrew Billings hasn't really been super impactful so far in his time as a Bengal. Uh, Glasgow, uh, definitely more of a three-technique, five-technique kind of guy. And then Chris Baker, he's fine, but you're right. Somebody needs to kind of step up and be that starting defensive tackle opposite Atkins who's going to just eat space on the defensive line. I don't know who that guy is right now. I hope we figure it out. I think that could honestly be a position that we fill in remaining in free agency. We see some guy maybe get cut as a cap casualty That's what we saved that kind of remaining cap space for because that's what I could see us using our remaining cap space for, somebody like that.
0: I could could definitely get on board with that. Um, You know, the Bengals last year ranked 30th in the league, giving up 127.9 yards per game last year to the run game. And, you know, I wrote up, I'm doing a few pieces on keys to the Bengals returning to the playoffs. And the first one was... Winning inside the division, beating the Steelers, the, you know, they've been terrible at kind of out, you know, growing that little brother role to the Steelers, especially in recent years. And I think that they need to take that step forward. But the next step forward is to get to the playoffs is stopping the run game. You cannot be giving up 127, 128 yards per game if you expect to get back to the playoffs. So... With Preston Brown, they brought they brought him in, and I think that's a really good fit if you're wanting to stop the run game. I don't think that he's going to be your guy that you want out there for passing downs necessarily, but I think that he's that guy that comes up and makes plays in the backfield, uh, stops it before it gets anywhere past five yards. He's not your sack king. He's not your guy that's going to go up against a big tight end and very often have much success, but... He has that kind of run-thumper, and that's what they need. And I think that, honestly, I'd say linebacker is the biggest question mark, but I'd definitely say defensive tackle is a close second.
1: Yeah, I'm concerned about both those positions moving forward. But at the very least, both of the positions have a decent amount of depth. And like I mentioned with Terrell Austin before, one of the things I think he's really good at is taking guys – starters rotating him with some of the backups to keep everybody fresh and just get different looks out there with different personnel so i think we could see some really creative sets this year kind of utilizing um the various defensive tackles you have on the roster or um mitigating some of the lack of playmaking at the linebacker position so i'm just really intrigued to see kind of what happens with both these positions moving forward just because We'll see a lot of this stuff get fleshed out, I think, during training camp before the season starts.
0: And I think they could be creative. You know, I've I've been thinking about it a lot, like what they can do, um, especially with that defensive tackle issue. But I think that on later downs or obvious passing downs, honestly, I think you pull Geno Atkins. And, like, I know that he's a great pass rusher, but, you know, have him on the field for when you really need him kick Carlos Dunlap and Michael Johnson inside and then Lawson and and Willis or Hubbard on the outside I, I think that would make a you know good rotation and letting those defensive tackles get a chance to rest without there being a huge decline you know I don't I know that Andrew Brown has a lot of similar traits as Atkins but he's unproven and pretty much all the defensive tackles outside of Atkins are unproven so if you can get playmakers in there while also resting your top guys. I think that that'd be a phenomenal thing. Um, so where do you feel most confident on the defense?
1: I think it's definitely easy to look at the secondary and say, I'm really confident that in our starters, as I think everybody at the two cornerbacks, even three cornerbacks positions, and even the two safeties as guys who are league average or better starters. Um, I'll look at especially the cornerbacks. Um, William Jackson III, I'm looking at somebody who could literally be the best cornerback in football next season. He showed that at the back half of the season, last season in 2017, that he can take on these number one assignments and just lock people down. At the end of last season through the last, I want to say seven weeks of the season, he gave up. I want to say 15 yards of receptions or something just absolutely insane. He is going to be a lockdown corner for us next season. And then alongside him, you have Drake Kirkpatrick and dark Denard as two guys who are pretty good cornerbacks in their own right. And if they don't have to take on the pressure of guarding these um, elite number one wide receivers, if Jackson's going to take on those assignments, I think Denard and Kirkpatrick can really dominate, um, second, and third wide receivers. So I'm really looking at this cornerback group as kind of the um, headliner of the defense and the group that's going to make the biggest impact of any of the positions on this defense.
0: I think for me, I'd have to go edge rusher. And I say edge rusher just because Carl Lawson's getting linebacker roles, whatever. So edge rusher slash defensive end, you got so much depth there. You got loss and you got Dunlap you know I think that Willis is going to be a strong contributor this year and even coaches said that they didn't play him enough last year he came in as a raw talent very high ceiling and then you have Sam Hubbard you still got Michael Johnson I think it's a very actually extremely um, high depth group and guys that you can rotate in and out and not see a huge difference you know there's going to be some when you go from like say Dunlap to Hubbard obviously but all of them have special skills and all of them are you know we don't know what Hubbard will be at the next level but I think Willis will take a huge step forward Uh, maybe not the extremes of Lawson last year but it's definitely a possibility and I think that getting after the passer attacking the run game I think that opens up the secondary
1: I think that's absolutely true I mean the depth at edge rusher for us this year is absolutely insane obviously drafting Hubbard just to add to that and then you look at Dunlap, Willis, Lawson. All these guys are really Lawson and Dunlap you're only elite edge rushers, but all of them are really solid pass rushers and just this just wave after wave of rushers coming at opposing teams next year. I think it's going to be really intimidating and given what Austin can do with crazy depth at edge rusher. I think there's a lot of upside for that position. And I'm really looking forward to what that team, what this team can do with all of these um, guys next season.
0: So last but not least, I want to talk to you about who you think is a player that should make this team. That's kind of on the outside and who a player on either side of the ball that you think should not be on this team.
1: Um, it's interesting that you brought up Ed rusher as your position uh, that you're most confident in because there's a guy uh, who you didn't mention who I really like in Javon Rollin-Jones, uh, mm-hmm. who we signed this offseason as a college free agent. And I get that we have insane depth at the position already. Dunlap, Willis, Hubbard, Lawson. But oh, my goodness, Rollin-Jones, hes he was such an effective edge rusher in college and he showed that i mean he just dominated people i know he was at a smaller school but you see these you see the kind of skill he has the the way he attacks quarterback not just everybody has that and given the system that i think austin's going to put in where you see several people get a lot of snaps throughout the course of the season i think roland jones could be a really good fourth or fifth edge rusher for this team as a guy who can come in take like 10 snaps a game on clear passing down situations and just get after the quarterback as a guy who can be kind of that pass rush specialist behind a couple of these other more elite pass rushers i wouldn't be surprised to see him make the roster at all
0: and who's a player that you would you don't want to see on the roster
1: um probably uh logan woodside I know we invested draft capital in him as a uh, um, seventh round pick this year out of Toledo, but you look at the skills he's bringing to the table. I'm just not impressed by him at all. I get that he's a good decision maker. He's an accurate quarterback. He can kind of make those short intermediate passes, but you can bring in anybody to do that. I don't think he's doing it at a rate that makes him super special. You got Dalton on the roster. Dalton basically never misses games, so... It's not important to have a guy like that behind him. And you look at Woodside versus somebody like Jeff Triskell. Driscoll has been part of this team for a couple of years now. He knows the system. I think Driscoll also is just a more dynamic quarterback. Driscoll can run the ball a little bit. We saw that in the preseason last season. He's a pretty good passer. I think he could definitely manage as our backup quarterback. And there's nothing... That Woodside is giving the team that makes him so much more impactful that we have to keep him over somebody like Driscoll. So even though he was a draft pick of the Bengals this season, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get cut before the start of the season.
0: I think Woodside going to be on the outskirts just because of AJ McCarron leaving. Um, you know, with, without him, Driscoll is the only guy that knows the system with Matt Barkley stepping in and. I'm with you. I know a lot of people are very high on Woodside, and I think he has some very good traits, but this is a guy that very rarely did he throw to his second, third, fourth option. This was a guy that played in an offense designed for his first route for his first read to come open. And when you look at his uh, how well he did outside of that first read, it was not good. And that's something you can't do at the NFL level. Uh, So I I agree there. Um, For me, a guy that I don't see making the team or should not make the team is Alex Erickson. I don't think that the return specialist will be there for him, especially with some of these rookies that we've brought in. And a guy that I would like to see make the team is Quentin Flowers. This is a guy that you're converting to running back. And I wrote an article earlier about what he could do, how he could be a special weapon for this team. And I think bringing back a Wildcat or similar kind of um, formation for him, especially on goal line situations, would be fantastic. You're talking about a guy who's played the quarterback position, who is a great runner. Um, You know, he had over a 1,000 yards the last, I think, three seasons in college. You know, he had 1,530 yards in 2016, 1078 in 2017. And combining those two years, he had 29 touchdowns. So you're taking a guy who not only can run the ball, but he can pass the ball. And so if you go and read that article, you can see a kind of detailed video clip of you know something that the Kansas City Chiefs did last year, and where they took the triple option and added one more, or even sometimes five options. And We saw teams replicate it throughout the year, and I think that that's a perfect situation to throw this kid into. You know, just he's not going to see the field a lot, but when you're looking at a player, especially undrafted free agent, I think that that's perfect for him, you know, in case they're on a goal line in a big situation and they need some kind of creative trick play. I think that's perfect for Quentin Flowers.
1: I'm right there with you with Quentin Flowers as. Uh, when looking at this running back position, I don't think we have um, that guy who really knows how to convert goal line touches and flowers in college was an absolute monster when he got to the goal line. I mean, this is a guy who rushed for double digit touchdowns basically every season. He was at South Florida and he was at quarterback. He wasn't even a running back. And like you mentioned, he was, he put up elite numbers when rushing the ball. I think given limited opportunities next season, he can, push the envelope like that and with his ability to pass and throw you could definitely see some of these creative um, packages used. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bengals keep him around just for that um, situation at all.
0: Yeah, to be honest I'd like to see both of the guys uh, that we talked about make the team. I think that the depth at edge rusher might push Roland Jones out of it um, you know, maybe if there was a little more of a lack of, I guess, but I think with the depth that they already have, I, I don't really see him making the team, maybe the practice squad, but I think Quinton Flowers has a little bit more of an opportunity, I, but I still don't know if he makes this team.
1: Yeah. Obviously the depth that, um, edge rusher is a concern for somebody like Rollin Jones, just because. There's so many guys in front of him that numbers just might not be in his favor, but at the same time, I think he's going to show out very well in training camp. And I think somebody like Michael Johnson might not make the team as is. So you replace Johnson, who's a little bit older, even though he's a little bit more of a veteran, you just get somebody younger in there. Somebody who even on eight to 10 snaps a game can make a splash. And obviously i I would never guarantee somebody like Rolla Jones would make the roster, but at the same time, I'm very excited about, um, what he can bring to this team. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him make the roster or even um, the practice squad.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a player that comes into the league with a lot more polished skill set. Uh, he has a lot more hand-fighting techniques and uh, different pass-rushing moves that most even big school uh, prospects don't have coming out of college. He has all of the tools. But the question with him is, how will he do against you know, a lot bigger of talent. You know, he didn't have the great talent to go up against in college, and, and some of that is why he had some of the numbers he had, but I think that it, it'll be interesting to see if he gets a shot, you know, especially watching him in preseason, hopefully, if he's playing with the third string, he'll get plenty of snaps to prove his, his worth, and I want to see can he dominate the third strings because that's what they're looking for when when you're playing those third stringers you're looking for guys to absolutely dominate and i want to see him come in there and dominate those third strings before i'm willing to sign him
1: yeah absolutely i think he's gonna have to do something like that where he's either showing that he can compete against the first stringers or when he gets his opportunities late in games in the preseason against the third stringers just racking up sacks but like you mentioned I mean, coming out of Arkansas State, a place where you're not necessarily playing the best competition in the world, putting up numbers is nice, but you have to show something more. But that's why I like him is because I think with that, with the moves, he already has the ability to kind of hand fight and get around um, tackles and guards. I'm really impressed by what he's already shown. And I think he can continue to develop in Terrell Austin's defense.
0: I completely agree, and I think that's where we're going to wrap this one up. So, uh, why don't why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you first?
1: Sure. So, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at, at Jacqueline WBJ. and then uh, feel free to find me on Facebook. Feel free to comment on our articles. Uh, give us all your opinions, um, all your insights. Uh, let us know what you're thinking because we love to interact with you on social media.
0: All right, and I'm at StephanNFL on Twitter, and then StephanNFL at gmail.com. If you guys don't use Twitter, you can email me there. Like, like Jack said, let us know what you guys want to hear about, what you want covered, and we got a mailbag coming up this week. We didn't do one last week, so hopefully, you know, we'll get that back going this week. I'll send out the question, and we'll get that rolling. So, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time.